welcome to the Profiles in Persistence show. I'm Dusty Rollins, founder and owner of Oxford Business Services. We help entrepreneurs and business owners maximize their profit and minimize their taxes. We believe there should be limits to how much the IRS can punish your success. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on this great inspirational daily podcast. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Today we have Miss Erin Folk. Miss Erin Folk, if you want to find her, you can find her at Erin at Lillian James Creative.com. And if you just want to check out her website, learn a little bit more about her company, find her at ErinFolk.com. So, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing? Thanks for inviting me on. No problem at all. And I'm doing great. I'm doing great. My day is going to be better when we find out more about you. So let's start off with that. Who are you? What's your company? Dive in. Yeah. So my name's Aaron, spelled like a boy, which I hated when I was a child, but now it works out great to be a business owner, a woman business owner. I own a company here in Kansas City called Lillian James Creative. We are a content marketing company. And then my real passion is when it's not COVID, I travel around and I speak usually specifically on resiliency, women-owned business stuff, and LinkedIn. So, and then I've got a couple shows of my own too. And I just get it. I get to talk for a living pretty much. And I love it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Works out pretty good. They said so, they told me growing up, I always was the girl that got in trouble for talking too much. And they said okay. I needed to study, but I was bad at school. So I had to figure out a way to make this my job. Hey, that's one way to turn a bad thing into a skill that's profitable, right? Absolutely. You, somebody, you got to be good at something. So that's what I was good at. So I made it into, uh, I've done okay with it. Okay. I like it. I like it. So why social media? Like what, what the media company, all of that, like how do we transverse into this world? Yeah. So I am a little, so I was right at the beginning of social media. I'm 41 years old. Right. So I like MySpace days, like I was one of the first people Ooh, on MySpace. Way, <laughs> way, way, way back. I love it. So essentially I was a single mom, two kids. I had dropped out of college and I didn't know once I had my first child, I didn't know what I was going to do because I'd always been a bartender or a waitress or kind of lived in Dallas, living the good fun nightlife. And then I had a baby young and you can't do that, right? You have to like have insurance and all the things as a parent you're supposed to do. <laughs> so I moved back to Kansas City and I just couldn't get a job because I didn't have a degree. And this was like, you know, now 15, 17 years ago where you still had to have the degree to even fill out, you know, the form. And so essentially I, I realized I could get sales jobs without a degree. That was like the one job you could get that had insurance. And my first sales job was at a dental office. Really, I was like the secretary, but they gave me like a fancier name. And they said, you need to find people to come into this dental office. And we were close to a college. And I was like, well, everybody's on MySpace. I'll just start doing this on MySpace. So I put this dental office on MySpace and grew their following. And then I know that I found out that you get like a discount in apartments if you would sell apartments. So then I went over there and that's when Twitter started coming. They gave Facebook to everybody, YouTube. So I was working at kind of this, you know, rougher apartment complex, but they had 13 properties. And I went to them and I said, what if I put them on social media? And first they were like, everybody always pushed back, right? Whenever I was doing this, but I just kept growing and growing my 
sales portfolio. I went and sold windows at one point. I, I'm absolutely as girly as they come and terrible, but I worked for Pella windows and I was the only, I was the top salesperson because I was using social media. So that's when I really got into my LinkedIn. Cause I was like, who can pay $50,000 for windows, right? I'm going to start growing my LinkedIn presence. And then I was out one night and one of my buddies, he was a chiropractor. He said, why can't I just pay you to do my social media? You're pretty good at this thing. But this was before anyone was a social media company. And I was like, and I went home and I told the person I was dating at the time. And he made this comment. He said, I don't have the capacity to help you start a company. And I was a stupid girl back then. And I was like, no, but I don't think I need him. But there was a little piece of me that still wasn't ready. And so what I decided to do at that point is go get a sales job at an agency and figure out what it took to run an agency. Cause I'd never worked in an agency. I was just kind of doing it what I knew, right. Learned teaching myself along the way. And so I went and got a sales job at an agency. But the day that I started that job, I bought this URL for Lillian James Creative. And I said, I would know when the right time to start my business was. And a few years in, everything kind of fell into place. And I got a phone call from Nike and a couple of people at a board meeting in Oregon uh, brought up my name about LinkedIn. And they were thinking about taking the old Ken Griffey Jr. line digital. And they wanted to just work with an individual. And my morals and all of that wouldn't let me work on a side project while I was working for the agency. At the same time, the agency I was working with was getting in a little bit of legal trouble. And they came to me and they said, we know you're kind of looking for something else. What if we let you out of your non-compete? And then you just stay out of the lawsuit. And it all just kind of worked out. And I went and started my company in in less than two years. We never got the Nike deal because it never came to fruition at all. And I've now decided I don't like working with that size company because you do a lot of free work for six months, right? But because I had grown my social following, especially over there on LinkedIn with business owners and, you know, the C-suite, I grew my company to seven figures in less than two years. And now we're five years in and it's going awesome. That sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't know much about business. I mean, but it doesn't seem like you need to. <laughs> it's worked out pretty good for me. Hey, I Lots like of bumps it. in the road, though. Lots of bumps in the road. But you know what? Resilient resiliency. I think we've all learned this past year, just staying resilient and keep going. If you're passionate about it, it ends up working out. So I can see your passion. Is it social media or did it blossom into social media? Well, so I saw social media as a tool very early on. And I think people are just now getting that. So I'm a social person. I'm an extrovert by nature. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had this baby by myself, so I couldn't go out with all my friends. So I saw how social media could still allow me to foster relationships, foster business, all of that very early on. I think way before people understood like the psychology behind social media that we're now talking right about. So I really like enjoyed, you know, I went to college for a very short time and my favorite classes were psychology. So I think that although I was there to be an advertising major, it's kind of weird how it all worked out, but I really enjoyed like the thought process of like what people were responding to. And I think social media is no different than that people piece. Cause I think my biggest passion is like people, like meeting people, talking to people, all of that. And that's really what social media is. It's just a different medium that we do it rather than in person. So I think it's part of it. I still really like talking, which is what I get to do on social media too. <laughs> so technically it sounds like to me, your motivation is just being social, meeting people, like, you know, networking, like that sounds like the motivation, honestly, that's a beautiful thing that you can like transition that into a business. So that, I think that's incredible in itself. 
I didn't realize how much I liked people until this pandemic. Oh, oh. I really like people. I really like being around people too. Mm -hmm. So this has been a this has been a weird, you know, I was at my favorite conference the week before shutdown, and I was with one of my best friends. She lives in Canada. And we were staying together. We were so excited. And I said, do you think we're going to have to worry about this COVID thing? She said, no, you know, in Toronto, we had SARS. There's going to be a little bit of talk and it's going to go away. And I was like, okay, I'll see you in a couple months. And then now we talk all the time, but we haven't seen each other, you know, in over a year. And so essentially, I didn't realize just how much I missed my people and traveling. I miss traveling too. Understood. Understood. So what would you say is like your biggest obstacle, like to date and like what you've transitioned through? dealing with trying to get people to understand how important this platform is that you've created, or, I mean, I wouldn't say created, but you've jumped on to. Right. So my biggest challenge in business, is that what you're asking? Both. I want to know your biggest challenge dealing with your business and also your biggest challenge dealing just with yourself that you have to conquer. Right. So they're kind of, they're kind of the one in the same. So like I said earlier, I still don't know anything about business, but I'd grown this company to seven figures. And here in Kansas City, there's a really notable program. It's only in eight cities throughout the United States. And they choose 16 businesses every year to essentially go in and help really get really big, right? But you have to hit a certain level to even apply for this. So everybody told me to apply for this. And so I applied for it and I got in this it was really just my first business class. <laughs> Most of these people had like their MBAs, they'd grown businesses. I was definitely the youngest business in there. But what ended up happening is I started learning all the right ways to do it, all the ways they teach you in business school to do it, right? <laughs> and I started really doubting myself. So here I was with a really successful company, but I started doubting myself. So while I was in this, I had also hired my father, who I had always had kind of a strained relationship with, but mm-hmm. I had hired him to do our books. So while I'm going through this class, I found out my my parents are essentially extorting money from my company, right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm spinning because oh, I feel no. like I don't know anything because everything I'm learning, I, I'm i doing opposite in my business. It's working, but I'm doing opposite. Mm-hmm. And they're telling me this is the way to do it. And then I find out I made this major mistake because I wasn't watching my numbers. So that was in 2018, 2019, I essentially broke my business, right? I started doing all the things the way you're supposed to. And I quit listening to myself. I quit listening to my gut. I had, I had uh, really broke that relationship off with my parents and I had learned the numbers and I had figured all of that out. But then I was like, well, if I didn't know this piece, maybe I should change everything else. And what ended up happening is it cost me a million dollars in 2019. And I almost, yeah, it was a lot of money. I, I made a really bad hire because I brought a, a COO in to really, I thought that this person would do better than me. They, they didn't because it wasn't their business. I didn't, I wasn't ready for that in this business, mm-hmm. brought them in a really high salary. I had the wrong people in front of our clients. So clients were falling off just because the communication, right? This, there was just not a good communication piece. And I had put my business in everybody else's hands because I was being told it wasn't sustainable to talk to clients. It wasn't sustainable for me to do this. And essentially it ended up costing me both reputation, which I've, I've since built up because I went back and apologized and asked, here's my mistakes. How do you think we could get better for everyone else going forwards? And everyone was very kind and they understood, but it also cost me a million dollars. And so at the end of 2019, I had to really like have a, a come to Jesus moment with myself and say, is this what you want to do? Cause it's stressful to lose a million dollars. And 
if you're going to do this, you've got to be all in and you've got to do this. You've got to listen to yourself. You've got to trust yourself. You've got to do what you know is right. And you're probably still going to make some mistakes, but you've got to own those mistakes and just learn from them and do better. So going into 2020 was going to be our growing year, right? And then three months in, we have a pandemic, but it ended up working out really, really well. We had our biggest month since we've been open in December. And so we are back on track and doing wonderful. And that one day, I think I'm just going to look and go, oops, that was a rough year, (laughs) right? (laughs) I like it. I like it. Well, that's, that's crazy. And it kind of rolls into the next question I had. I just want to know, like, how do you, and what would you say for business owners from taking your own experiences? Like what would be the next steps for them? What can they do if like, you know, trusting their gut, they're not really sure what to, what and how to divulge what it's trying to say to them. Like, what is your expertise in that area that you would give device wise? So I think my biggest advice in general would just be, if you don't trust yourself, this just doesn't work out, right? You have to figure out who you are and be a hundred percent authentic. So one of the other things that happened during COVID is I had married in 2018 when I was spinning, I had married a man that was a very, very nice man, but I was not being honest with myself that I did not want to be married to a man. Right. Mm-hmm. And what was happening in my personal life was affecting my business life. And it all kind of, it all comes together, all the balance, right? If you're not being authentic here, it doesn't come over here. If you're not being authentic in business, your personal life suffers. And so essentially what ended up happening is we had a very amicable, amicable divorce. If there's such thing, we had probably the most amicable one. And I really became even more authentic to who I was. And I now have an absolutely wonderful girlfriend, but what's been the best part of that, although she's great and whatever, uh, is that she works in healthcare and she has been on the front lines for healthcare this entire time. She actually works in the cardio department where you don't get a COVID test when you're having a heart attack. You have to take care of the person having the heart attack. Right. So she's now vaccinated, but for, for a year, she wasn't. And what I realized is like every morning she has to get up super early, go to work, work on the schedule, you know, on call when someone has a heart attack, my, my job and anybody as a business owner, we get to choose what we get to do. If I want to sleep in because it's negative five degrees here last week, I can sleep in a little bit longer. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I can work at midnight if I want to, right? As long as I'm delivering good customer service to my clients, as long as I'm uh, over-delivering and not under-promising, I really get to do what I want. I'm not on anybody else's timeline and I get to do what I like. So if I decide tomorrow that I want to be a TikTok agency, probably won't happen, but (laughs) I'm going to be a TikTok agency, right? As long as I can figure out a way to make money. And it's been crazy because she actually has a business degree and then got into healthcare. Mm-hmm. And it's been crazy because I get to watch her have to go work for someone else and she's doing something she absolutely loves. And then I get to go, well, at least I don't have to, do, I'm not on anybody else's timeline. And I just hadn't put myself around somebody that had to do that in a really long time. Right. Because all my friends are business owners. So if we decide tomorrow we'll work from Florida, we'll work from Florida. Oh, right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, well, it's cold here. That's why. So, <laughs> but just understanding that, especially in healthcare, that you know, there's da, 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 20 people ahead of her. You don't have to do that as a business owner. So, as long as you know what you're passionate about, you can always make money off of it. I, I did a video yesterday. It hasn't come out yet, but I do a lot of videos on LinkedIn where I talked about how there are now clothing companies for avatars. Clothing companies for avatars. If you're just that, like you just love drawing, 
you can, and you love fashion, but you didn't want to be a fashion designer. You can now sit at home and do clothing for avatars. Like anything you are passionate about, you can make money off of it if you can figure out the right way, but you've got to believe in yourself and you have to be hundred percent authentic. So I think that would be my advice. Hey, I love it. That is some great advice right there. Great. So I got to dig a little deeper in your business. Uh, You're fine. What's the plans for the future? We got any special things going on? Anything you will, uh, you know, divulge to us? Any secret projects? Like, you know, let, let us in a little bit. Yeah. So essentially, everything's been going really, really well. We've just been growing, growing. We've brought on a lot of, you know, what's happened with COVID is that we already knew we could do our meetings. We already had a Zoom account pre-COVID, right? But not everybody else did. But what has happened is we've actually been bringing on a lot of Silicon Valley companies who would have never thought about working with a Kansas City company, small boutique firm before, right? So we are essentially really becoming even more national than we were. We would have a couple of clients that had lived in Kansas City at some point as clients, but we really extended our reach. We've really pivoted. We have, we do awesome company, all content, but we've really seen the personal branding space become a space that we're really, really good in as people realize how important their personal brand is during uh, you know, the shutdown, right? Like if you got laid off, but you had a big personal brand, you got picked up right away. And a lot of people have understood that in both the, the for-profit and nonprofit space. So we've really pivoted into that space a lot. As far as my personal brand, I went all in on my personal brand. I think because I had been through so much, you telling me to stay at home wasn't the worst thing. So I went, instead of being one of the business owners that paused, we didn't lay anybody off. We didn't fire anybody. None of that. I went, you know, pedal to the metal that's an old person saying for you, pedal to the metal. And I went all in on my personal brand and I ended up, I don't know if you know who Les Brown is, but Les Brown is like the number two motivational speaker in the world. Him and I did a show together all through COVID. He's become one of my best friends and mentors. I've met some incredible people like Willie Jolly through him, who has the number one serious FM show. Like I took full advantage of COVID that is now paying off. And I've grown this incredible group of and community of people that I'm just going to continue to speak. I'm going to continue to grow my shows. I had a, I have a LinkedIn live show called drinks with leaders and a big bank came and said, we want to sponsor this. We want to align your name. So I've, I've really developed a whole bunch of different ways that I'm getting paid and streams of income. And personally, we bought our dream house. So we move in in a few weeks and we're just really trying to find a pool company that can get a pool in before October. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. Well, Miss Erin, I appreciate your time. If you want to find Miss Erin, you can find her at erinfalk.com. If you just want to talk to her, contact her about maybe personal branding, your business branding, you can contact her at erin at lillianjamescreative.com. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. Thanks so much for the invite. Dusty Rollins here. Thank you so much for listening to Profiles in Persistence. If you're a successful business owner or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit thetaxcure.com slash podcast slash apply. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Profiles in Persistence. I love seeing your post and your guest suggestions. 
We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes and go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, www.thetaxcure.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.